Hello and welcome to Foundation Stones from Refuge City Church. Having a solid foundation for our walk with Jesus Christ is vital for every Christian, especially in the times we live in. Through God's word, candid conversations, and everyday application, the aim is to help you build your foundation so you can stand strong for God every day. Buckle in and prepare your heart. Pray this, God, ready my heart for your truth that I might be more like you. We hope today's episode empowers you to grow in your walk with Jesus. Let's dive in. Hey friends, this is Jim Weaver, the host of Foundation Stones, and I'm glad to be back with you again. We are back into our series on guarding your faith. We are on part two, guarding your faith against apathy. Now, if you did not go and listen to part one, I encourage you to do that. We're studying three A's. Week one, guarding against apostasy. Week two, which is today, guarding against apathy. And then the next part of the series is guarding our faith against arrogance. All three of these very important parts of our walk with Christ, and I think that all of them will be helpful as you are learning and I am learning how to grow in our walk with Jesus, building our foundation one stone at a time. And so today, let's get ready. Let's get our faith activated by the Word of God, and let's believe that He is going to teach us through the presence and the power of His Holy Spirit today. And so if you would with me, turn to 1 Timothy 4 and 1 Corinthians 16. I'm going to read two portions of Scripture for you, and then we're going to get right into our definition of what apathy is and how we, as men and women of God, can guard against it so our faith stays pure and motivated and anointed and ready for all that God has in store for us in the future. Let's look at it together. 1 Timothy 4.16, Paul is telling his protege Timothy this. He says, watch your life and doctrine closely. We studied in week one how our doctrine, our belief system about God and the way that we live our life both matter. And Paul tells Timothy, persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. And that's what this whole series is about, is making sure that our life and our belief system is something that God can use as a tool to reach the next layer of people that he has in his crosshairs. He has people that he loves. He has people that he wants to reach through you and I. And when we believe right and when our life is lined up because we're submitted to Christ, when our faith is guarded, Now we are effective in God's kingdom to reach other people. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13 through 16. And this is also the Apostle Paul telling the Corinthian church. He says, Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Do everything in love. You know that the household of Stephanus were the first converts of Achaia, and they have devoted themselves to the service of the Lord's people. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to submit to such people and to everyone who joins in the work and labors at it. I love this picture that Paul gives us because he says there is an active part we play in our faith being strong. He says, be on your guard. He says to stand firm in the faith. He says, be courageous, be strong. This is all affrontive language. This is all aggressive pursuit. This is not something where we just lay back on our laurels and see something happen that's powerful that God is pleased with. No, all of these are active words. And then this is probably the most important. He says, do everything in love. In your passionate pursuit, in your aggression to see the kingdom of God advance, 
don't be a jerk. <laughs> I love that. He says, do everything in love. And then he gives an example, the household of Stephanus, and he says that they devoted themselves to the service of the Lord's people. This word devotion is so important because devotion means this is what my life is all about. They devoted themselves to the service of the Lord's people. And he says, submit to such people and to everyone who joins in the work and labors at it. All of these are aggressive words. These are not apathetic words. And that's what I want to talk to us about today. Guard your faith against apathy. Well, what's apathy? Apathy is a lack of interest, enthusiasm, or concern. That's the definition from the New Oxford American Dictionary. The lack of interest, enthusiasm, or concern. You know, we all go through seasons, and most likely you've had seasons of absolute passion for Christ in your life. And also, likely you've gone through seasons of relative indifference. I know I have. But the danger is in not quickly recognizing the indifference and becoming content with mediocre faith. Faith that's only self-serving but could really care less about the welfare and the imminent destiny of other people. See, it's important that we guard our faith by guarding against indifference, guarding against a lack of interest, enthusiasm, or concern. Your Christianity is not self-serving. Your Christianity saved you and set you free, yes, but Jesus said, freely you have received, now freely you must give. I see apathy as the letting down of the shield of faith. Eh, what does it matter? I'm saved. I'm just going to live my life. But what can I really contribute? But the other side of apathy is just as dangerous, and it's one that I've had to personally fight a lot in the recent days and months that I've walked through. It's the kind of apathy that comes with overwhelm. It's what psychologists refer to as compassion fatigue. You know, so much is happening around us, so much need around us that you can feel so small and so incapable of making a difference. And this causes a paralysis and a despair that renders us ineffective. We get apathetic because, eh, what difference could we make anyway? And so I want to spend some time today building a shield around our spirit and fanning our hearts back into a passionate flame for Jesus and for loving people. I want to look at Ephesians chapter 6 because this is talking about the importance of taking a stand and using the spiritual armor that God has given us to guard our faith so that we do not fall into the trap of apathy, into the trap of indifference. Ephesians 6 verse 10, let's look at it together. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Do you hear how offensive this is? We've got to take our stand and we've got to make sure that we stand in strength in Christ against the tactics and the strategies of the devil. He says in continuation, therefore put on, another action word, therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Notice the action words, with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying 
praying for all the Lord's people. You notice the aggression. You notice the affront to apathy or to indifference. These are things that we do with a purpose. These are things that we do with a declaration that we will not sit still and let the needs around us and the things that we've got to do around us run by us because we're just lazy and don't care. And so I want to encourage you today, when we put our faith in Christ, we have joined the Lord's army. We have joined in the army of the living God and believing in him will result in action. There's a few places where we're going to see the action happen. The first one is prayer. And I think that you probably saw that in Ephesians chapter 6. We're putting all of these pieces of the armor on our life and it's all enwrapped with prayer. Prayer is so powerful. Prayer is an action that will keep us away from apathy. Prayer is what will stir our hearts back to the heart of God and his direction and his will. 2 Chronicles 7, 13 and 14. This is a scripture where God is talking to the Israelites as they're dedicating the temple. He's speaking in specificity to Solomon. And he says, When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command locusts to devour the land, or send a plague among my people, if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. What an amazing, amazing promise from God. But look what the people's responsibility was. They're to humble themselves. There's an action. They are to pray. There's an action. Seek my face. There's an action. Turn from their wicked ways. There's an action. And then God will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now, I'm not talking about a works-based salvation. But what I am talking about is a determination in our heart as men and women of God to not just lay by the wayside and expect the world is just going to happen around us and we don't have a part to play. God calls us to action every day. And prayer is usually the first thing to suffer when you're dealing with apathy. And so this is something that has to be fought for. This is the beginning point for defeating or guarding our hearts against apathy, guarding our faith against apathy. And sometimes We have to allow God to reignite us in that place of prayer. We do it by faith because our bodies, our physical bodies, maybe our rest level, all of that just does not allow us to want to pray. And we have to fight against that and say, you know what? I need a reignition. I need apathy out. I need a passion back. And so get aggressive with your prayers. Maybe even this week, get aggressive with your prayers. Don't let your connection with God be stolen by despair or by laziness or by doubt. Fight for it. Pray until you pray through. The next action point after reigniting prayer so that apathy is defeated is that we need to continue to contend for our call to reach out to people. You see, there are going to be moments where you don't feel like reaching out to people or where you don't feel like meeting needs, but your faith to contradict the apathy or the compassion fatigue that would try to hit your heart is to reach out anyway. Reach out to people. It's a tool to defeat despair. It defeats compassion fatigue. It defeats disinterest. And that is this, intentionally reach out to someone else. Even if you don't feel like it, forget about if it's big enough. Forget about the magnitude of world need. Recognize the little needs in people's lives and begin to meet them. I might not be able to meet every need, but I can meet this one. Make someone else the priority over yourself. Resist the temptation to internalize your life and make a difference for someone else and see your efforts multiply. See apathy defeated in the name of Jesus. And truly, it's contagious because it's going to inspire that next person to activate their faith to reach someone too. 
And so this week, ask Holy Spirit to make you extremely sensitive to the needs around you and trust the impulses that you feel in your heart to some kind of an action when you feel them. You're being led. And this is your moment to defeat apathy in your life and to make a difference. I like what it says in James chapter 2, in verse 14. It says this, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. And so what this scripture shows me, and it's a deep challenge, is that we can have faith and be apathetic at the same time. And the Apostle James says, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Apathy will steal the effectiveness of our faith. And so if you have faith, activate it. Do something with it. This is important because just like when you eat a good meal, it should bring nutrition to your life and bring growth to your body, especially if you're a teenager. I know I've got teenagers in my house and when they eat, it seems like I wake up the next morning and they're taller than they were yesterday. In the same way, when we are feeding our faith, we're going to grow. But growth doesn't just happen. You go to the gym, if you work out, you don't see an immediate result. You don't see a result from not doing enough. You're going to see strength rise as you put effort to it. You have to defeat apathy with action. I think many times we expect that we just let time pass and we'll become the pillar of Christian faith that we've seen in other admirable people simply because we age into it. But what we don't realize is those people we admire have gotten to that place of faith and fruitfulness because of intentional pursuit of the presence of God, simply because they contended against apathy. That's why they are where they are. So we can't apathetically age into Christian maturity. God's not a respecter of persons, meaning he rewards everyone who diligently seeks him. In Hebrews 11:6, it says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. In other words, We're called to the pursuit in order to grow into the men and women God has called us to be. And that's why a church service a week is not enough to nourish your root system. You've got to intentionally dig your own roots in order to grow your faith and to resist apathy. You've got to go after it. You've got to aerate the soil. You've got to water the soil. When times are hard, pray. When times are good, (laughs) pray. When you see a national pandemic hit, pray. When you see riots in the streets, pray. When you see wars and rumors of wars, pray. When fires ravage cities and forests, pray. When your loved one is struggling, pray. When everything's good, when our house is warm, when we've got everything we need, pray. That's how we contend against apathy because our life is in response to his presence. And as we pray, God will reveal the levels of action that we've got to take in order to combat apathy. So don't let the magnitude of the needs around you paralyze you. Make this the time that you grow and this the time that you act. James 1 verse 4, it says, Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. 
And perseverance is an interesting word that the Apostle James chooses right here. Perseverance means that you don't give up whether things are good or whether they're not. You persevere. You will reach the finish line. And if we don't have that mindset as Christians, then we're going to let every wind and wave knock us off the course. And I think this brings us back to Ephesians, the same place that we guarded against apostasy in our first in our series on guarding our faith. Ephesians 4, 11, it says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then, We will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is, Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. What an amazing picture of combating apathy, wouldn't you agree? I want to encourage you today in your life, in your pursuit of God, stay hot and focused on his presence. Keep the coals of the altar burning in your heart. You see, most of us were excited and passionate and effective and joyful at the onset of our Christian walk. We had a revelation of the forgiveness of God and how much he'd done for us. (laughs) And I don't know about you, but it lit me up. Did it light you up? We started right away developing new habits, gave up compromises, and for a season, this was such a joyful expression of gratitude. We talked to everybody we could. We got everybody into church that we could. We talked to everybody we could about Jesus, and then we got used to this whole Christian thing. We got used to God's grace. We got used to church and worship and being with God's family. All of it became our normal, and sometimes, honestly, it became mundane. We started to realize sometimes prayer was in competition with our favorite pastimes. Worship became a preference and a commodity we consumed rather than something we gave as a gift to God. And our faith became something that we bickered about with other believers who had a little different take on this or that. And people became an inconvenience and the needs in the world became overwhelming. And it's just easier to cruise and hope that we make it to the end before everything around us unravels. I just hope Jesus comes back before the last battle because I don't want to be caught in the middle of inconveniences. I I just hope I'm part of that first crew, and I'm just going to sit back and watch the world unravel around me. Wow, you know, we'd never say that out loud, but sometimes we live like that. What happened to our passion? What happened to our amazement and our awe before God for what he's done for us? What happened to our compassion and empathy for other people? Really what it was was we grew lukewarm. We grew apathetic. We became indifferent. And I want to encourage you, friends, it's time to fan the flame. It's time to press in once again to the presence of God, because I think we can all see he is the only way that we're going to get through all of what we're seeing around us. And he's the only way we're going to help others who don't know him to get through it as well. And so let's fan it into flame. Let's get back to our first love. Let's press in until lukewarm gets out and love people with God's love so that we can see a mighty revival in the land that's desperately hurting for God's truth. Who else is going to do it? Revelation 3, verse 14, we'll read to verse 22. It says, To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, 
These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I've acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so that you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Such an imperative, such a challenge. You think that you're doing fine, but you don't realize that you're blind, that you're wretched, that you're pitiful, that you're poor, and that you're naked. And Jesus is telling the church, come back. Come back to the place of your first love. Reject apathy. Reject indifference. And get hot for Christ once again. You see, in Matthew 24, verse 12 through 14, Jesus gives us this imperative. He says, Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. So yes, friend, around us we have an increase of wickedness. But I just want to challenge you, even as I challenge myself, don't let the increase of wickedness around us and don't let the allurement of self-serving steal away our passion for Jesus. Don't let it turn you into an apathetic believer, because an apathetic believer is lukewarm. An indifferent believer is lukewarm. I don't want my love to grow cold. I want to stand firm to the end so that I am saved, and I want to be one of those people who declares the gospel of the kingdom to the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then I know the end will come. I want to be found more passionate, more excited, more wound up about Jesus the moment he returns than when I first came to know him. I don't want apathy to be a trademark of my life. So today we've talked about the second A, first being apostasy, false belief, the second being apathy, which is indifference. And I don't know about you, but I want to walk my life as a passionate follower of Jesus and give apathy the boot out of my life. How about you? You see, not one of us is immune to apathy. All of us can fan the flames and cry out to God for a fresh outpouring of his spirit in our life, and I think we can all agree that our world needs intercession. And so, I want to ask you, would you join me in a moment of prayer? First of all, so that we would repent of apathy. Second of all, so that we would fan the flames of our own passion. Just close your eyes or silence your heart and Prepare with me a heart of gratitude and surrender and repentance. Dear Jesus, I thank you today that you have called us away from apathy and towards the fire of the altar. Lord, we come back to our first love. Lord, we're sorry that we would be a people that would allow indifference or overwhelm or even compassion fatigue to steal our zeal for you. 
God, I pray that you would reignite our flame. I pray, God, that we would love you and love people again. Lord, we repent right now of indifference and laziness and the lack of perseverance. Lord, I pray that you would increase the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives so that we would have a fresh fuel for the days that we live in. We ask you for help to fan into flame the gifts that were in us from the laying on of the hands of others in our past. And we pray, God, that as we pursue you, that we would ever increase in the passion that we have for you and the gratitude we have for you and the grace that we walk in for you and the desire to reach a hurting world one person at a time for you. So Lord, we repent of apathy. We ask you would remove it from our life and we look forward to passion once again. And I pray it today in Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Join us next time for another deep dive into the foundation stones of our faith in Jesus Christ. For more information about Refuge City Church or to join our giving team to keep the gospel of Jesus Christ moving forward and making resources like this podcast available into the future, visit refugecity.church.